everybody. Hi, friends. Well, from gray, sad winter time in Salt Lake City, Utah. It's Thank God I Meet You. It's the podcast. I'm Frank Feldman. And I'm Dan Beecher. And coming up on the show today, Dan, we're going to be talking about what all the rules are for. Why? Yes. Why do, why do we have rules, Dan? Well, well, why do Christians uh, and people like Christians have rules? Yeah, they... Yes, it's their rules that we're talking about, not our rules. Our rules are always good, but it's their rules that are the issue. Uh, anyway, yeah, we're, indeed, we're about we're that. getting into the getting into that whole thing, Dan. Yeah, yeah, and we have thoughts on that. Uh, but yeah. first, um, <laughs> I hope we have thoughts on it. That would be, it would be really bad if we didn't. Well, that's it. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, no, but first we have some uh, news of the week. Things that have happened or that have come to light as this story, Dan, from mm. Louisiana. All good things come from Louisiana, right? Isn't that, isn't that a thing? It's, it's where it's where uh, a lot of good food has come from there. Yeah, that's true. I'll tell you what is not necessarily uh, good coming from there, okay. um, which is uh, high school diplomas, apparently. The uh, the the state has basically set up a system whereby a bunch of quote unquote private schools are essentially able to just sell diplomas. Oh, they're they're technically, I guess, unapproved schools. Uh, <laughs> and the way that this works is you you basically have two tracks uh, or two ways that schools can work in Louisiana. They can be official, right, or uh, you can just, uh, go down to, I don't even know where, but you, all you have to do is an adult must report, uh, the school's name and address with the state, uh, provide contact information and how many students they have. And they have themselves a school, a school. Yes. That- that sounds like a school to me. And the school can issue diplomas at mm. that point. Um, some of the, some people who've started these quote unquote schools have they've been fun. They've 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 they've, they've come <laughs> with fun names. There was one that oh. was called the Unicorn Princess School. Okay. There's sure. the Ballerina Jedi Academy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Others, I think, are trying to. Uh, make a statement. Uh, there's the Freedom First School, oh. um, and that seems to be a theme of this. They actually, the reporters on this, uh, went out and talked to a woman who runs a uh, something called the Springfield Preparatory School. Mm. Uh, the principal, the quote unquote principal of the quote unquote school, one Miss Ms. Uh, Kitty Sibley Morrison. Mm. Um, she has been a homeschooling advocate. She runs a school. She's been a homeschooling advocate for decades. Um, okay. Uh, Kitty, Miss, Ms. Kitty is in her seventies and she has this to say, she says sometimes, um, this is when, uh, a parent, uh, comes to her, uh, with, with questions about how all this works. And she goes, sometimes, it takes two or three times to explain to them that they are free. Their, their, their parents are in charge of them, not the state. 
Um, she insists that she's uh, not in the business of home of uh, running a, one of these fake schools uh, that also provides uh, services for homeschooling families. Uh, she says that we're not here to make money. Uh, mm. This, uh, while also having a um, price list taped to the front window of the school uh, that uh, lists out $250 for a diploma, uh, $50 for an application fee, $35 for a diploma cover, <laughs> and $130 to walk in a cap and gown at a ceremony. Oh, my God. They'll just throw you a ceremony, Dan. You you can get high, high school educated in 15 minutes flat. Uh, so the article has the story of, let me see if I can find it real quick. Um, this was an incredibly long article. Um, Arlia Martin, uh, who just, uh, received a diploma for, uh, supposedly having graduated, uh, high school, uh, at 17, uh, no, let's see. She was kicked out of high school in the 10th grade oh. uh, for what she said was self-defense during an altercation. Uh, okay. She ended up at a military style program for at-risk youth, uh, but finished without her GED. Uh, she says that at 17, uh, she was already by herself, uh, out by herself and mm. had a, a child at 18. And then it was work, 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 work. Uh, then she met Ms. Kitty who, and then a few days later went and met with her and left with a diploma in her hand. The, wow. the, the diploma was backdated to 2015 when she would have graduated high school if she just had. And it also oh. said she completed a program for graduation, quote, approved by the Louisiana Board of Education, which isn't true. And, yeah, but you can just write that on stuff. And that's all <laughs> Ms. Kitty is doing. And this, according to Ms. Kitty, she says, I think, I think you're working the oil field. You're working the McDonald's. All of that is just as valid as what the classroom was. That's my point. And that's why I sleep well at night because I feel good about the parents having alternatives in raising their children. Yeah. But what you didn't do is give them an education, which yeah, is what the diploma I mean, says they got. And that's also I, like, like. Plenty of like the high school diploma is a pretty low bar as it is. Yeah. Right? Like plenty of people I mean, you say that, but like there's a lot, our, our country is failing uh, in terms of education. We, yeah. I mean, this is that, that's what this story is, is just another way in which our country is failing in terms of education. Yeah. So I don't know that it's a low bar. It's something that we should do significantly better about getting people across. It's a bar that like that, we need to do better with. Yeah. But I also, I mean, like I sympathize with someone who like, like the woman that you mentioned, who's kicked out of school and then, you know, doesn't have a lot of options, needs to fend for herself and stuff. I sympathize with that. Right. But did you know, uh, do you know what the rate of adult illiteracy is in the United States of America? Functional illiteracy? <sighs> I don't know, Dan. Take a guess. I'm going I'm to say, uh, simply because you're asking the question, uh, it's a high number that would be shocking and horrifying. So way higher than I would would guess. I'm going to say 10%. Okay. So that's, that is your, your way higher than you would guess number. Correct. Yeah. 
It is 21%. I don't even know how that's possible. I don't either, but it's true. <laughs> that doesn't seem possible to me. Though. It's true. These are people who can't, who, who literally can't read a, a street sign. They can't fill that's out a one form. one in five, Dan. I know. And that's true. I like when I heard that figure, I was like, that's impossible. I will go verify it. And I went and verified it and was like, holy shit. We're we're well below so far below every like developed country in the world and plenty of, you know, what we used to call second world countries or whatever. Yeah. Well, so the question is. Are and and th- this this is I guess uh, also a point, uh, which is a lot of those people do have an actual state issued diploma, yeah, because they attended school and got through it, right? yeah. And I and I suppose that's why I'm saying it's a already a pretty low bar. Yeah, that's true. Right? That's true. Um, like we don't. And we- there are plenty of people who actually like we're maybe in a school system because I mean, there's a lot of this is the failures of specific schools and, and whatnot. And a lot of, for a lot of people, they struggled to get through their high school that actually was upholding real standards. And so, and in that case, that's not a low bar. Right. Yeah. But it's uh, it's, I think it's safe to say that it's already pretty in some situations, pretty easy to get an act one that's actually has the state seal of approval or what. Right. Right. And, but, but it's, it just is such a fucking farce that this woman is out here. And, and, and not just her, plenty of people are just out there just selling them. Just well. And, and, and what's clearly happening there in Louisiana is that people are signing up their home as a school. Yeah. They're homeschooling and then they're signing, you know, they, they named their, their school to, you know, dinosaur, chicken, whatever <laughs> school. Right. Uh, and then they just, they just graduate their own kids. And let me tell you something. Jesus homeschool is not helping with our, with, with our education problem. No, I mean, <clears throat> the article does say that like, and, and, and does make clear that a lot of the homeschooling that that's happening is actually happening through official channels, whatever those may be. Mm. And there are actually like some standards in order to get that state diploma, right? There, yeah. th- there, that that is a way to do it. But then there's this other way that is literally just <laughs> flying in the face of, of of the whole thing. So, oh, good lord! All right, well, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take us away from that uh, depression and into we're gonna we're going to the Holy See. We're going oh, to Rome. Yay! Uh, we're going, this is, uh, the Pope was recently talking to, um, members of the, uh, International Theological Commission at the Vatican. Oh, okay. Uh, and the International Theological Commission is a group of theologians who, uh, they're part of the Curia, I think. Oh. Uh, they're important things, important people. And the Pope said something the Pope basically declared himself a beta cuck. He he basically <laughs> declared himself not an alpha male because here's what he Uh-oh. said. He said, this is the job I ask of you. Please demasculinize the church. Hmm. Now, uh, that sounds great to me. Uh, 
and what he was saying was he looked out over the 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 thirty some odd people that were there. He and he said, "There's something I don't like about you, if you'll excuse my honesty." And then pointed out that there were only five women in hmm. the thirty plus uh, in the room. And of course, it, the fact that there were any women is an innovation as recent as two thousand four. But yeah, the Pope is basically saying he says. Women have a way of reflecting on theology that is different from us men. Hmm. Yeah, they yeah, they kind of do have a very different perspective than especially priests yeah. gathering together who have not lived in real society for their entire adult lives who are, you know, wearing costumes and <laughs> walking around talking like they're the most important people in the world. Yeah, yeah. I think it's great. I mean like if if he's if he's really pushing to have women have a stronger voice in the church, that's obviously a good thing, because the church's history with women has been, let's call it spotty, uh, <laughs> let's let's call it non-ideal. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously the the he has been convening. You know, he just we just we talked about the synod on synodality that he that recently wrapped up that was meant to look at the uh, the role of women in the church and then basically did nothing but wring its hands for three weeks or whatever. <laughs> um, but it does seem like he's pushing for it. I just love that he said the phrase demasculinize, masculinize. I, that's not a word, and it, I, my, apparently my mouth can't say it. <laughs> but I love that he's trying to do that. The, the, that's the phrasing that he chose. Yeah, because it it's... Um... I've been struggling with how to exactly to phrase uh, my comments about that's funny coming from a man in a dress, but yeah, <laughs> but it, it, it also kind of falls flat as a joke these days. So yeah, um, it's true because doesn't doesn't exactly first, first of all <laughs> he should be able to wear whatever he wants to, right? Yeah, well, and also like guys, somehow we got to make this happen because guys look great in skirts. I'm just gonna say it. Mm. Okay. When you do it, when guys do it right, they look fantastic in in skirts. So hmm. we need to we need to sort that out. Somebody <laughs> somebody in the fashion world needs to get that going because it's starting to happen. But it can't just be the gay and 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 uh, binary non binary community that right. gets to have fun with that. Right, right, right. Oh boy. All right. Well. Anyway, yeah. So so there you go. Uh, I'm sure Andrew Tate is now furious and, and no longer Catholic or whatever. <laughs> whatever. All right. Well, Dan, I also have a Pope story. Okay. Um, and this has to do with the Pope uh, being on a tear. He is out. Uh-oh. He is on. He is out uh, at it all again, uh, seeking revenge, kicking people out. Yeah. Uh, and last week we talked about, uh, let's see, Joseph Strickland down in Tyler, Texas, that he uh, right. who was a vo- vocal critic of uh, the Pope and his efforts to do things like demasculinize the church. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. This week, <laughs> news has come out that uh, Pope Francis has pushed, or I'm sorry, punished uh, one of his highest ranking critics, and that would be somebody who we used to talk about on occasion on the show name hasn't come up for quite a while. Uh, one, Mr. Cardinal Raymond Burke. Yeah. Uh, Burke, the jerk. Um, Raymond Burke. Um, 
let's see. For those of you uh, who don't really recognize the name, uh, he is a uh, high-ranking American in the Catholic Church uh, who is super conservative. And actually, you mentioned the Synod on Synodality uh, that Francis held. Uh, Burke was actually holding a shadow conference nearby called the Synodal ba- uh, Babel uh, mm. or Babel, ba- Babel or Babel. Oh, anyway, anyway, I mean, he was probably babbling a lot. <laughs> anyway, um, the punishment has been revoking um, Burke's right to a subsidized Vatican apartment and salary. Whoa. Um, so that's kind of a big fucking deal. Um, Burke used to be um, up until 2014 when when uh, Francis fired him. He was the Vatican's high court justice. Uh, he's a canon lawyer. Right. Um, and uh, he's he just he hates that, that Francis is out there um, <laughs> reaching out to members of the LGBTQ plus community. Yeah, um, being and, kind to the marginalized, yeah, and just his his efforts to just be more responsive to you know the general needs of the rank and file Catholics, right? The people yeah. who who are just you know out the, anyway. So uh, Burke has twice now joined with other conservative cardinals uh, in issuing formal questions to the pontiff, known mm. uh, known as a dubia. Um, yeah, and asking him to clarify questions of doctrine. In in the first one, they asked Francis to clarify his outreach to divorced and civilly remarried Catholics. Francis never replied. And in the second, they asked whether same-sex couples could receive church blessings, and the Pope responded basically with, "Maybe." Uh-huh. And uh, and so not they are yet, not- <laughs> but I'm working on it. <laughs> So he, and he is, and this, it feels, it's very interesting that he's actually starting to take efforts or take steps to, to, um, push some of these guys, push them out. Out. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I'm done with you guys. I'm done. And he's, he's saying that, well, he said specifically that Burke was a source of disunity in the church. And that's, that's what he's sort of. I, I got news for you, Pope. You're a source of disunity for the church. Ooh, it's good. I'm really glad bad. about it. But um, yeah, I I I I know that that's what Burke would say. And yeah. I I agree with him. Like I I think it's something that needs to happen. But uh, but I. But let's be honest. The Pope is the one who's doing something radical. Yeah, a hundred percent. Pope's the one that's trying to change this organization. There, yeah, there would be no division effectively. If the Pope wasn't yeah. doing what's right, Ooh, well, that's tough. And it, and is he doing it? He's he's at least he's at least well, pissing off the right people, and that makes me feel uh, yeah somewhat good. He's talking he's, about it. He's asking the questions. But know. I think I think the ice is breaking underneath that guy. I think sk- it's getting schismatic over there. He's th- getting whoa. It's getting skizzy. Really? What would getting ha- skizzy with it? How does the Catholic Church skiz? I mean, I guess it's, it's happened done it before, before, but like. In modern times, could you imagine? I would love it. It'd be amazing. Oh my god! So we keep yeah. waiting for these skizzes, Dan. Like you, I want the Mormon yeah. skiz so bad. Oh, I know. Oh, I. Well, I mean, the Mormons have skizzed a bunch. Yeah, but again, not like but we want a big skiz. The downtown church hasn't, you know, 
yeah. broken up in a long time. But yeah, all oh, schisms are the best. Yeah. With churches. And it's you it, it's you gays. You gays are really caught schizing the world. You're uh, schizing everybody out. <laughs> that's what we're good at. Division. That's right. It's our whole game, Dan. <laughs> all right. Well, I I'm gonna take us now to Oregon. Mm. Where uh Woof! Some shit has gone has come to light. Uh, a a a, uh, a newspaper has figured out uh, something that's been happening there that is, I'm gonna say, not great. Oh, it's not a newspaper. Sorry, it was Oregon Public Broadcasting. Mm-hmm. Um, did a report, and what they discovered was, here's the thing: child welfare is hard <laughs> when you have foster children. Uh, when you have children in need of care who, you know, who's, who don't, who's either, who have either been taken away from their parents or don't, you know, don't have parents or whatever, that's always going to be a difficult thing to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, now, traditionally they try to put them into foster slash adoptive homes um, and foster homes can get money. You know, foster parents can get money from the state to help them take care of these kids. Uh huh. And you know the that can be something like you know roughly eight hundred dollars per month for a teenager, something like that. It's okay. not a lot, okay, but it's you know maybe enough to 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 cover the costs. Or Oregon could use the services of a group called Heroism Project, hmm. uh, which is a pro that or that's the project of a group called Dynamic Life. Ooh, these uh, names, which, Dan, suspicious. Yeah. Yeah, uh, they're definitely heroes in my book. (laughs) And very dynamic, I'm sure. They find places for these kids without necessarily uh, parental figures to help, but at least, you know, they're finding homes and food. And they're doing it for the low, low price of almost $3,000 per day per kid. What? Literally, no. In the last twelve months, the state has paid more than seven, almost eight million dollars to this organization to provide support for about forty kids. No. What uh, are they doing with all this money? Either these kids live in the Tajma fucking hall, or. <laughs> It's being pocketed. It's being sort of absorbed into the quote unquote ministry. And then it goes to other things. Boats. Yeah. That minister really needs a, a, a a Learjet. (laughs) They need, they need their own G five or whatever. Right. That's obscene. Yeah. And then, you know, this is straight from the state and in Oregon of all places. I know. Well, I mean, Oregon is like, there's the coast and then there's most of the rest of the state where, which isn't as populated, but it's basically Idaho. Yeah, that's uh, true. They actually kind of want to break off and join Idaho. Yeah. Which I think is really unfair to, you know, poor Boise. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Anyway. So, so yeah, th- this is, these kids are being put into like hotel rooms and Airbnbs. What? But even, even then, even if it costs, even if it's an expensive Airbnb, 
$2,900 per day will cover it. Yeah. Well, and like there's not, I mean, I know there's always probably a shortage of foster parents, right? Yes. No matter where you are. But mm -hmm. honest to God, like you couldn't figure out. (sighs) And also... No, you'll be you you'll you'll be not at all surprised to learn that even though like there ha- there are plenty of Christian nonprofits that have done this uh, traditionally, but they're you know they're overseen by the state. There's over there's oversight, yeah. and they have to comply with a a bunch of rules and regulations about that sort of thing. Right. This this organization, the one getting the most money, not complying with anything unlicensed uncertified services these you know they're hiring kid people who are not going through background checks oh my god it is just it it somebody it, knew you know somebody it, had yeah. a buddy who was a state senator or whatever even even still a series of people need to be sued and or fired oh my god everyone like, yeah needs to be fired oh my god that's absolutely awful it's, it's yeah it's terrifying <sighs> and but no, no reason not to make a, a good tidy fortune off the backs of the neediest people well, in our here's, society. Here's an the important most vulnerable. Yeah, here's an important question though: How many of these forty kids were saved? Right, like right. I mean, that's what's we're, important we're, here, Dan. Is, that's the only thing that's important. I mean, it's, it's did a they small, get the message of Jesus? Small price to pay, Dan. How how do you put a price on a on a human soul, Dan? Yeah. I think that's the real question. $3,000 uh, a day? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. All right. Um, well, okay, Dan. This, my next story, um, is a Marmon story. Um, oh, the Marmons. We love them. Oh, and their ridiculous, ridiculous amount of money, um, <laughs> which has allowed them to recently go on something of a shopping spree. In Nebraska, um, just just gobbling up, you know, open land, ranch land. Oh, yeah. Between 2018 and 2022, the Mormon church bought 57,500 acres of uh, ranch land in Nebraska using a nonprofit entity that they own um, in order to skirt... Nebraska law that doesn't Uh, allow corporations to buy that much land. Oh, they, and it's, it's clear they specifically did it this way in order to get around that law. Um, which is really nice, right? Because like (laughs) you would think if any organization should be able to go, you know, the spirit of this law is that we don't come in here and do this. Maybe we should, you know, honor the the wishes of of nebraska nope yeah no. let's form a, a non-profit entity and go in and just gobble up all the land they are now the second largest landholder in the state uh after ted turner <laughs> ted turner, ted turner okay. still owns more but they think they might possibly pass him in the next couple years if they oh, keep buying land at the same rate now according to the church they uh, they are no longer interested in in ranch land in Nebraska. Any future land uh, will be for row crops. 
um, okay. which they plan on leasing to, to local farmers. And, so that they can make a fortune. Right. And as local advocacy, farming advocacy groups point out, well, if they own it, we can't. <laughs> Right. And so this is from the Nebraska Farmers Union, uh, the president, John Hansen, who says all of the land that the Mormon church owns is land that individual ne- individuals in Nebraska do not have the opportunity to own. Um, right. And even though the church does pay property taxes, because this is not these aren't for like, you know, church buildings. Right. Right. You know, just like any other ag producer in the state, they do have to. Um, pay taxes, but they have an absolutely massive uh, ranch. The description of which is is just jaw dropping. Um, it's a thirty. Let's see. Uh, it's a three hundred sixty five thousand acre calf ca- uh, or cow calf operation that covers most of northern Garden County and stretches through the Sand Hills into Grant, Hooker, Morrill, and Sheridan Sheridan counties. So this thing just sprawls and moves about over 365,000 acres. If, if, like, it's really hard to conceive how large a track of land like that is. Uh, I'm pretty sure there are are countries that are smaller than that. Yeah, there probably are. Luxembourg probably isn't that big. And let's see, they, the, the article actually had, uh, in sort of assessing the church's overall wealth, um, they basically have come up with a new uh, unit of measure where uh, they, they, they basically, the church is worth two Warren Buffets, I think is what they said. <laughs> Well, that's that's just two guys. The church the, has millions of people in it, so uh, that seems fair. This just all seems fine. Two Warren Buffett's worth of of uh, of wealth. Yeah, yeah. So um, this, of course, for those of you who haven't been paying attention and maybe didn't listen to those episodes where we've mentioned these numbers before, um, the Salt Lake Tribune es- estimates that the church's investment holdings exceed one hundred and sixty billion dollars. And uh, Truth and Transparency, which is a watchdog group that um, looks at the Mormon church, uh, believes that it owns at least another $100 billion in U.S. real estate. And they have holdings in 30 countries. There's not, I believe we did confirm that there's not a state in the union that they don't own investment property. Oh, really? Didn't we confirm that? Not just property in like like churches, but like or no, it was like thirty some odd states. No, okay. I can't remember what the, it's. It's a majority of the states they own investment property, and in the state of Florida, uh, they actually own two uh, percent of the total land mass of the state of the land mass of of the, of state, the state of Florida. Of Florida, yeah. So, oh Lord, well they'll own us all soon enough. Soon enough, <laughs> they'll they'll own us. We'll all. just be leasing. Leasing everything from the Mormon church. Yep. All right. Yep. All right. Well, I'm, I'm going to take us to, uh, to New York mm. where something, where, where, where something went horribly wrong. One Monsignor Jamie Gigantiello, uh, has been relieved of duty at, uh, at, at, at the Catholic church where he is uh, kind of in charge because he created a stir. Something oh. horrible happened at his Brooklyn, uh, at his Brooklyn church. Okay. He allowed 
a music video to be shot in his church. Oh. And not just any music video. Oh, no. The reason that he's been divested of his responsibilities <laughs> is not just because he allowed a, a music video. He didn't read. He, he didn't check the content of this music video. Oh, no. Uh, this is a video uh, by a, a young woman named uh, Sabrina Carpenter, who apparently was a, a Disney star, a young Disney star. Okay. Um, that, sounds, she has, that sounds nice. It's Disney. She's got, Right, she's twenty four years old. This isn't Disney. Mm. Um, she, she, you know, she's she's breaking out as a pop star. I will say this: I watched the video. The song's kind of a bop. I'm gonna give it to her. Uh, the song's got a lot going for it. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Mm. The song is basically it's called Feather, uh, and it's basically her talking about how uh, a bunch of guys are kind of. Um, worthless and uh, she's basically she's getting rid of guys who aren't who aren't doing anything for her uh, the line oh. is I feel All so right. much lighter like a feather with you out of my life I think that's yeah. fine there's nothing okay. particularly uh, bad about the video I mean there's there at one point she's in a gym she's dressed scantily in the gym mind you Um. She's wearing but workout like, gear in the. Or she's she's wear. wearing stylized workout gear. Okay, um, with like heels and stuff. But all the guys start fighting over her, and and there's a, it's oh, a bit I'm of sure. a bloodbath. It's a badly done bloodbath. Oh, but she gets okay. splattered with a bit of blood, and then they're oh. all dead at the end of it. Okay, well, that's no. That's um, fun. but it's a lighthearted thing, and at the very end of the thing, she's in the church. Uh, which is the Church of uh, Something Something Annunciation, uh, the Our Lady of Mount Carmel Annunciation Parish in Brooklyn. Hmm. Uh, she's in the church. There are sort of pastel covered or colored uh, caskets behind her, and okay. she's wearing. Um, it's weird the thing that she's wearing. I don't get it. It's she's in sort of uh, nylons and then. Basically, a tutu, uh, you know, lots of tulle uh, that comes up over her her chest and doesn't really cover her legs. She's she's probably wearing like trunks of some sort mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -mm. It's a very weird outfit. Okay, but it's not it's not lewd in any way. But this is what she's wearing in the church. This is what she's wearing in the church. And oh, she's got like a black, it's it's all, she's all in black and a black veil on. Yeah. No, 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 no. Uh, I, anyway, I, you can't dress like that in church, Dan. Absolutely. Everybody, apparent, you, you, you just can't. Everybody knows this, Dan. It's so funny because there has been uproar about this. There is no anti-church mess, message anywhere in this. We are not talking about Madonna's like a prayer. You know what I mean? We are not, there's nothing. There's nothing scandalous at all in this whole video. It's pretty tame. I mean, you've boy, you've described what she's wearing, Dan. <laughs> what she's fully covered. I don't know. It doesn't sound appropriate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's weird, but it's uh, I I don't know that anybody would like freak out if they saw it. Maybe that anyway, maybe that's what they're objecting objecting to. They don't like the the fashion. Yeah. It's, well, maybe, but Bishop Brennan is appalled. Oh, I can say that. Uh, yes, the the bishop has now 
This is Bishop Robert Brennan, and he he was just just furious, just heartbroken uh, at what was filmed there at this parish. The parish did not follow diocesan policy regarding the filming on church property, which includes a review of the scenes and script. Mm, oh, of course. I mean, it's a it's a song. You know what? It probably is just that it's a song about a woman rejecting the advances of men that she does she's not interested <laughs> in, and that was enough to be. She was not submitting properly to the authority of the men. <laughs> I think I think that that's enough to do it. Hmm. Oh, poor Catholics! It's so hard. They they need the money because uh, you know they keep getting sued into the ground by people that they harmed. But but the 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 the, the priest or whoever it was that approved this, he's been relieved of duty. Yeah, at least for now. Boy, they he is. They they really do have their priorities all mixed up. <laughs> they don't do. They? Priorities are not their strong suit, I think. (laughs) I think they're not. And we'll talk about that more in the final segment of the show because, uh, because, yeah, they they are, they're good at freaking out. They're just not good at figuring out what's worth freaking out about. Did they at least move him to another area where he could potentially approve a a, a church for use (laughs) inappropriately? Because at least that would be consistent. At least that would be part like that, that's part, part of their of the pa- act, yeah. part of part of the playbook. Yeah, just yeah. <laughs> but if they Good actually Lord. fired him, that just doesn't seem fair. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, uh, if you would like to comment on this or any of our stories this week, please feel free to write into us podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. or call and leave us a voicemail message. The telephone number is four two four six six six. 8442. Stick around, there is more show coming up. Well, Frank, uh, back in your home state of Oklahoma. Hee haw! Uh, <laughs> that's. That's not inappropriate considering I'm about to talk about a man named Dusty Devers. <laughs> that can't be a real person's name, but uh, it is. Uh, Dusty is is running for Oklahoma State Senate. And uh, and he has... Uh, here's the thing. He is definitely a Christian. Uh, he wants the world to know about it. And he has some opinions about the direction he wants the state and the country to go. So let's just hear about his ideas. Okay. I want to see uh, pornography abolished. I want to see no fault divorce come back to at fault in divorce uh, and even public shaming for those who are at fault in divorce. I want to see uh, abortion abolished. Uh, These are the kinds of morality and government issues that we need to get back to. Yikes. (laughs) (laughs) Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I want to know what the public shaming uh for divorce looks like in his mind. You wear a I big wanna... D. Big scarlet <laughs> D. Like what the fuck are you talking about, dude? <laughs> and you know the the amazing thing is like he's a, he's like no, you got you at fault divorce blah blah blah. 
there's a bunch of guys in his own caucus or whatever that are like suddenly very uncomfortable. Like, <laughs> dude, we don't know. We actually we don't like go no fault divorce. I needed no fault divorce. I would have lost everything. Ah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, public shaming. That's a thing. Uh, I mean, you know, wanting to abolish abortion is a thing. Mm-hmm. I also like, let's be clear. You 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 want to abolish pornography? You don't want to abolish. You use pornography. Mm. You look at pornography. Shut up. We hmm. all know it. You have the internet too. You do it. <laughs> Which is why it needs to be abolished, Dan. Which is why it, it just needs feels to be so bad. I, Every time I, he looks at pornography, I feel icky. I I think I'm I might be a bad guy. I don't know. If anyway. it wasn't so available, I wouldn't be sinning. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. That's what he thinks. You're not wrong. Yeah, uh, that's that's. What He'd it just is. find right. other ways to to <sighs> to look at. Uh, he would just draw some boobies, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or just you know start a ministry and you know find par- parishioners. Wait, to- wait for the J.C. Penny catalog to show up. And right. Hey, oh look, my god! Look through the brazier section. <laughs> That's my childhood. You're talking about my childhood. <laughs> All right. Well, we had some lovely folks write into us. Uh, let's see. We'll start with Tracy, who says, well, hello, guys. Love the show. Found it during the pandemic. Look forward to it every week. But I had no idea how important shows like yours must be to people living in more rural areas of America. I live in Scotland. Uh, but have been in rural Mississippi visiting my wife's son who lives there. Hmm. Oh my God. I have said prayers at every party and dinner, thanking Hmm. God for the rum punch I was about to drink in case my lefty leaning atheist, woke trans supporting lady loving views slipped out. (laughs) I'm so sorry for you all that live here, not being able to be yourself must be so difficult. I can do it for two weeks, but it was hard. In Mm. Scotland, I walk down the street holding my wife's hand. I know no one who attends church. Every funeral or wedding I attend is humanist, including my dad's. Mm. I had no idea the amount of churches and Bibles to buy in stores and Jesus magazines (laughs) in the gas station. The views of people, oh my God, from wanting to bring paddles back to school to saying Muslims are coming to the country and only speak Muslim... People need to speak American like Christians. I said nothing, but in my head I was screaming. The person saying this was a school teacher, she says, this is in parentheses, was a school teacher. What are you teaching in schools? (laughs) So, so guys, I am so glad you are here for these people who feel alone in their views. Mm. Keep up the good work. Mm. Yeah, it's scary here. (laughs) I... I I don't think that we're one of the good countries anymore. I don't know if we ever were. That may have always just been a lie that we told ourselves. But you don't think it anymore. But I don't <laughs> I definitely don't hold to that lie anymore, so there's that. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh Eli wrote into us to say, Dear Frank and Dan, seeing as you're in Salt Lake, I was wondering if I can ask a small favor. Can you sign me up as a member of the Mormon Church? What? Wait, 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 hear me out. You see, on one hand, I've 
heard in your program how the Mormon church has a hundred billion dollars that we know of and probably countless more we do not. And on the other hand, I've heard about how many, how people are becoming less religious and leaving the church. This got me thinking there will come a time when the remaining Mormons are going to look at this mound of cash and say, how about we just split this amongst us and call it quits? <laughs> I don't know how this, I, I don't know if this will happen in my lifetime, but the odds are probably better than winning the lottery. Now I don't plan to pay any tithes or participate in any meetings, but I'm happy to ha for my name to pad their numbers and they can baptize me in absentia to their heart's consent. As a silent, as a quote, silent member, I don't expect a full share. I'll be happy to sign for the dissolution of the church or whatever, for whatever they can spare. Even a single million dollars will be fine. Mm. Well, I think you're going about this the wrong way, Eli. You don't want, you don't want to be the silent member. You want to work your way up the hierarchy of the church oh God, no. and become the president of the church. And then you just keep it all. That person legally <laughs> has full access to all of it and could literally just say yoink and there's nothing anyone could do. Yeah. Probably. Maybe. I don't know. It all belongs to a corporation called the Corporation of the President. And yeah. literally that that corporation has one person in charge of it. <sighs> so yeah, so, I mean, sooner or later, you assume it's something's got to happen, right? Yeah, with all I that, I mean, I, I mean, they're at just this point hemorrhaging members. Yeah, but at this point, it's just like it's a machine now. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't need membership, yeah. to sustain itself. So my guess, is, I don't know what it becomes. Yeah, I mean, the money would be spread around a bit. If somebody like got it in their craw to do something like this, but it wouldn't, sorry, it wouldn't make it down to the, to the, to the rank and file. No, you, you'd need to be, you'd need to be a higher up. Yeah. There's certain last names one probably needs to have <laughs> in order <laughs> yeah. to get some of that money. Yeah. Can you change your name to Smith or Young? Cause uh, <laughs> you, you'll increase your chances. Or some of the sleeper last names like Bittner. Uh-huh. But those families spawned a number of number of church leaders. But anyway. Uh, and Alexandra wrote into us oh, good. to say, Hey, Frank and Dan, I, I'm a few weeks behind an episode, so I just listened to 622 and wanted to tell you all about my experience with my internet searches being tracked by my parents. Oh, God. Uh, I think this is a reference to the Covenant Eyes app that we've talked about on a few episodes. I knew when I was six that I wanted to be a girl. And when I was 13 in 2006, I happened upon an article for uh, upon the article for transsexualism in quotes in our 1992 world book encyclopedia and everything clicked. So naturally, I wanted to know more and started sneaking into the family room at 2 a.m. to search online. Of course, back then there wasn't the same amount of awareness or support for the trans community. So besides a handful of informative and helpful websites by trans women. A lot of what I came across was porn oh, yeah. being 13 and homeschooled uh, and a homeschooled Christian in Texas. I was very intrigued with that as well. Thanks to religious shame about sex. Uh, eventually my parents caught on, 
but only about the porn and not about trying to find out information about being trans. So they punished me in all the wonderful uh, Christian-y ways and then installed covenant eyes on the computer. Oh, wow. I didn't know it went back that far. Yeah. I eagerly fessed up to the porn and steered into the skid to let them think that I was a, quote, normal 13-year-old boy interested in naughty pictures because I didn't dare let them know I wanted to be a girl. This became a theme for the next 10 years while I let them believe that I had a porn addiction to avoid talking about my gender identity. Huh. My story uh, has a lot more twists and turns and reasons for therapy, but I'll say that all Covenant Eyes did was destroy my trust in my parents and teach me how to solve the puzzle of how to get around it. Yeah. Don't worry, all is wonderful now, and my parents have come a long way in 17 years. They now fully accept and love me. The and the atheist woman I have become. Hmm. Well, that's and a and a fine career in uh, computer programming, probably. Or something. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Hacking. Hacking. Yeah. <laughs> oh Lord. Yeah. Uh, it. Don't don't break your kids' trust, you guys. Don't. <sighs> yeah. It's tricky. Uh, I yeah. I'm glad things are working out well for you, Alexandra. Uh, we have some folks to thank. I'm going to start us off. Uh, we Thanks to Terry, who is now a deacon in our uh, amazing priesthood. Thank you so much, Terry. To Dulcina, uh, who is also a uh, deacon. And to Steve, who I'm going to say is a teacher in our, in, in our fake magic uh, cult. Well, that is fantastic, Dan. Yeah. And if you'd like to join them, you can go to our website. Thank God I'm Atheist. Uh, and uh, find the support tab, and there's a couple options there. Um, yeah. And, and, and in ways that you can support the show. Um, ways that you can keep us going, because yeah. you're the only ones that do. And another great way to keep the show going and to help us out, leave us a review on whatever platform. You yeah. uh, you subs you you listen to the show through. I mean, that's did we that's show up in your Spotify Wrapped? You should probably give us five stars for that. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and as always, Dan, uh, we have our top donor to thank, our Lord and Savior, Davis. More show coming up. So, Dan. Yes, sir. Do you like rules as much as I do? Oh, I am. Uh, no, uh, no, I absolutely do not. Do you like uh, <laughs> being very pissed about the fact that people don't follow the rules? You know, I, I'll tell you, there are some parts of my life where, yes, I, uh, I will cop <laughs> to being that way. The fact that our society has not figured out how four-way stops work <laughs> will never be okay to me. I will never find it in my heart to be okay with that moment. Uh, it's such a simple thing. It's so easy <laughs> to get four-way stops correct. Uh-huh. And and yet no one no one seems to know. Oh that my part. god. Just the worst, Dan. <laughs> so yeah, I I will cop to 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 that. Um but I do think that no one does rules like religious people do rules. <laughs> and that's a lot. So, okay. My reason for liking, uh, for wanting everyone to do four-way stops the correct way 
mm-hmm. is because uh, as a society, if if we can all agree on how we do this, it goes better for everyone. Everyone is safer. Mm. It's just it's just that that ends up being a better society. Right. That's a good rule. That's a good rule. Yeah. Uh, not so much when it comes to uh, say you know what you're you what you are and aren't supposed to eat based on ancient morality. Right. That that to me seems to be a a less fruitful place for rules in 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 the world. What what are your thoughts? Well, you and I were we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the stories that we did last week, which was about, uh, that, that, that Christian college president Mm. who was horrified to have allowed Methodists long, long, long haired Methodists, long haired hippie Methodists to come in, come and give a presentation about creationism and say a bunch of shit that they agree with. Yeah. Yeah. But they, uh, they didn't look right. Yeah. And that's and that was the basis for the uh, the one really conservative Baptist minister who was the one who raised the stink about the whole thing. Right. Right. And then this other the guy who organized the whole thing has to fucking apologize. Right. <laughs> and, and, and like in this like really ridiculous drawn out apology about mm. having uh, included these people. Who they agree with. Yeah. Because they had different uh, grooming standards, uh, clearly, in their organization. Um, And it just, it's so funny because it's like, but it it made that guy feel so good, right? Because he'd he'd drawn the line about who is actually uh, part of their group and who isn't. Even though any rational outside observer would be like, yeah, he's the exact same thing as you guys. Like, how do you not see this? Right. Yeah. And that's the point, isn't it? To so much of religious rules. Mm -hmm. It's not. These are not instructions for living a moral uh, good life. No. These are instructions for remaining enfranchised in the in-group, out-group yeah. uh, thing that we are doing. You follow the same rules. You, uh, yeah. And 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 that's and that's it, right? Yeah. And whether it, you're... It makes you weird the same way that everybody else is weird, right? And that's the thing. Like, a lot of these rules are specifically structured to be weird. Yeah. So, like, you know, we grew up in Mormonism. Mormonism has several things that are not there because it's, you know, they talk about the reason that we don't drink alcohol or or coffee is health. Mm-hmm. But they didn't. Those rules started long before anybody knew that there was anything deleterious to health about coffee or whatever. Mm-hmm. This was and it was never about that because they, when you ask them, why don't you drink coffee? They're like, well, we don't. And then when you say, and they and they say, oh well, no hot drinks. And then you say, okay, so no, no uh, coffee or tea or hot chocolate. And they're like, whoa, 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 hot chocolate's okay. <laughs> and then you're like, okay, well then why are coffee and tea not okay? Well, is it the caffeine? No, because we can have soda. Like there's no, 
There's no rhyme or reason to it other than it's in <clears throat> it's how our in-group works. It's it's how we differentiate ourselves. Well, I'm curious, Dan, because we grew up in very different Mormon experiences, right? Oh, that's true. Um, you grew up here in Salt Lake where, you know, the, the especially back then, the major the vast majority of people that you would have been, you know, rubbing shoulders with were also Mormon, right? Yes. Whereas um I grew up outside of Utah, um, and uh namely you know, rural Oklahoma and where being Mormon was, was very much the outside. And so I'm kind of curious about your experience with those rules, right? As somebody who shared the rules with everybody else, like what was your perception of, we don't drink coffee and we don't smoke and uh, we don't drink alcohol and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, Like how, how did that shape? How, what was, how did that shape your perception of, who Mormons were and who the, and, 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 and the people who didn't follow those rules. Yeah. I mean, I, I think as a, as a very young kid, I didn't know the difference between that's just a Mormon rule and we do it because that's who we are and that's what we do. Mm -hmm. And that's evil. Mm. So yeah, I would see smokers out and I thought that they were evil. Hmm. I thought that they were doing something that the devil was was telling them to do. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like right. that's that was my perception of it was that this was them being genuinely like I didn't know the difference between them and murderers. You know what I mean? Like the, well, Mormonism doesn't really draw much of a distinction sometimes. No. <laughs> and you know if if someone had if someone's dad had beer in the fridge, I was like, I don't, I don't know what to do. Do I need to leave? Do I need to run uh-huh. away? What's going to happen? Right. Uh, that didn't last for too long. And I, I was kind of oblivious to what was going on with a lot of people anyway. But, but then after that, it was like, you know, then I'm, then I'm a teenager, an angsty teenager. Right. And half of me wants to fit in and be a good Mormon. And half of me wants to rebel and so, you know, I tried my first beer and it was this big scandal in my in my world and all this stuff. But it was definitely this thing of in-group, out-group. Like, I you, felt that. And, I, but like, you knew I who could, didn't belong, right? Yeah. And they, oh, they yeah. were the outsider. Yeah, they were the they were the. Yeah. Huh. By that point, it wasn't they were evil, but I, but like, yeah. yeah, I knew who my tribe was, right? And I knew, and it was clear who wasn't in my tribe, right? I mean, it, I guess it works. It has a similar effect, just on a different scale, and it, and when when you're in the mi- vast minority, right? But you're you're very much othering yourself, right? In that setting, right? Yeah, you, like I remember, sort of the the because you know change whenever like we moved um and changing schools and whatnot after sort of reannounce oh yeah we're mormon right? yeah and it was always this i just hated it so much but I'm also sure. just just did it you know like yeah. oh yeah i'm a mormon but immediately all the ways that that marked me is different yeah and an outsider and um 
and and then like we would just fall into our little group of Mormon kids, mm-hmm. especially after a certain age, right? Like when I was in elementary school, it was we just mixed with all the other kids, right? right? But then it, by a certain point, it's just. I mean, we still had our non-Mormon friends, but we were, we all had to be friends. <laughs> right. 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 The Mormon kids had to be, had to stick it, together. Yeah. It was, it's not even that you're trying to be insular. It's yeah. just that like, nobody wants to play with the Mormon kids. Uh, I mean, yeah, we could play with the other kids, but we just were so like, like it was, we were clearly not fully part of the rest mm. of the, you know, social scene. Right. Because did, did you feel like, did that, because I know that for some people in that scenario, it ends up strengthening their, their belief in the thing because it feels like the persecution, just uh, the, the persecution, you know, the idea, the, the <laughs> fact that you feel otherized makes you feel justified in your, uh, the truthfulness of, of, of your position. People feel like, aha, we're we must be right. Otherwise, why would they be excluding us? They're jealous of our of of our rightness or something. I, yeah, I don't know that I processed it on that level. Interesting. Um, I I was always more than willing, and maybe this came from a lot of this comes from you know that the overall experience of being an outsider and being told you know we're the right ones, we're the whatever. But I was always fine with, you know, being right and everybody else was wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like, and so like there, the, the, there just was no question. Like whenever anything came up, it was like, oh yeah, well they're just the dumb non-Mormons. Right. Right. They don't know anything. And, but yeah, it was definitely the experience was, was that we just weren't fully ever able to, to integrate with the with the rest of the kids. I did just remember so. one moment in my life when I realized, because yeah, n- none, nothing about my, our lifestyle was weird in Salt Lake city. No, 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 no. Uh, and then my parents, when we were, when, when I was, uh, Oh, fourth, third or fourth grade. Um, my parents took me and my sister to Europe. Oh yeah. Okay. And I remembered this so distinctly. We were at, a restaurant in Germany and my parents and my sister and I ordered sodas. They Mm -hmm. they were, you know, they were taking drink orders and my parents ordered also sodas Mm. as opposed to beer or wine. Right. And this server looked at us so strangely. (laughs) It was so foreign to this guy. And it was just like, and I just felt like, Oh, we're the weird ones. <laughs> the first time you'd realize this. Yeah, my my whole life, like the the drinkers were the outsiders. Were yeah. the, were the bad. Anyway, I think that the point here is, and you know, this can apply to a greater or lesser extent to all sorts of you know when when women are made to wear mm-hmm. hijabs or burkas or when they choose or the, to or the bun thing, right? The little bun. Bun cup. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to call it. I think, I the, think that's the, the Anabaptists. That's the, sens- that's the sensitive way to, to refer to it <laughs> uh, for sure. 
Um, or, what else you know, do you call it a little bun hat. I have no idea. Yeah. Or the various ways that, you know, that, that the Jewish, the, the various Jewish communities dress themselves. Mm, right. And it's all, you know, what scholars call costly signaling or, mm. you know, what the right calls virtue signaling. Right. But that, but, but that's always the thing, you know, or, or, you know, so, someone who wears a cross when they go travel in, uh, in the Middle East or whatever. Oh God. It's it's all about trying to separate yourself out. It's about trying to make sure that you that people in your tribe can see each other that uh-huh. that we you know we can we can latch on to each other and people outside of your tribe also know that you're not one of them. I think that's so weird. I think it's I, and I don't think that it's helpful. I think that it's actually, you know, it's it it's one of those things where you know people go back to their to their group after they've you know someone's treated them a little weird or looked at them a little funny and been like yeah i was being oppressed i was i was out in the world and the server gave us shit for not drinking or whatever right and then they get to confer con, you know they get to uh to to sort of confer with each other and say oh yeah that's worldly. We're mm. godly. We get to, we get to be the godly ones, or you know, someone will be like, "I was in an airport and I was wearing my my yarmulke, or my kippa, and uh, and yeah, they, they just someone commented on it. It's just you see how the rest of the world treats us. Yeah. It's like yeah, you're the one separating yourself, Mormon slash or Jew or Muslim. You're doing it on purpose." And then complaining about it when people point out that you're separating yourself. Not that there isn't actual oppression. There is actual, like, people treat people like shit. And they should not. And they should not. That's never acceptable. But also, like, why are we separating But you're ourselves? also bringing it upon yourself? Is that what you're saying, Dan? Not at all. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. No. What I'm saying is... As groups, the they choose these 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 rules for themselves, and these are not the rules that are the most important rules in their book, whatever their book is. These are randomly selected rules <laughs> to maintain in in books that are just full of rules that they ignore, but they but they hold to specific rules. You know, we held to specific rules as Mormons that. You know, and ignored a whole bunch of other ones, and it was all just because we needed to uh, signal to our tribe, yeah, who we were, and signal to the rest of the world that that we that we're not one of you. Yeah. Did you, um, did Dan? Speaking yes. of Mormon rules, how good were you at um, eating uh, red meat in the winter, and then only in <laughs> right. moderation? Right. Right. Yeah. That was never thought of. That yeah. was never considered. <laughs> there's a whole series of rules. There's there's just countless rules. Anyone who's read the, the, the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, knows that there are countless rules that every Jewish Christian person that believes in the Hebrew Bible just flat out ignores. Yeah. Because they don't apply. They don't. They're correct in ignoring all of those rules. But then they hang on to a whole bunch of rules 
because not because they're, you know, God doesn't give a fuck if you push a button on the Sabbath. That's that's absurd. But if you make your life a little harder to show God how how uh you know, how good you are, how what a good little boy or girl you've been, then uh that's what's important. And to show and more important than that, not just showing God what a good little boy or girl you've been, but showing all of the people in your group around you. What ding, ding, ding. Yeah, that's more. That's more what it is. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the whole God thing, it's just theoretical. Right. <laughs> right. But, but your group is for real. Right. And, they're there. and you know that. And even like, anyway. And they're watching each other. Yeah. You're, everybody's got their eye. Oh, and you know, us Mormons, it's like, oh, did you see that sister so-and-so had her shoulders showing? She wasn't wearing her garments. <laughs> did, did you see that brother so-and-so did what? I, he, there, were, there were beer cans in their recycling. Oh, my God. Sister Smith did not put raisins with the carrots in the jello. <laughs> Everybody oh knows, God. everybody knows the rules say the jello must have yeah. carrots so to be and clear, raisins in it. To be clear, don't treat anybody like shit because they're doing this. Everybody does this. All the religions do this. Just know that like these rules, they're even if you had and also we can look at our own lives and see what things we're doing that make us feel superior or make us feel whatever that may not actually be genuine moral or ethical things. They're just things that make us feel better than other people. We do it too. I mean, I don't need that much to feel that way though. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's perfect. Yes, indeed. All right. Well, if you have some examples of uh, costly signaling and rule following that's for no goddamn reason <laughs> feel free to write into us podcast at thank god i'm atheist.com or call and leave us a voicemail message we'd love to hear from you the telephone number is 424-666-8442 yeah hey go to the facebook page facebook.com slash tgi atheist and click the like button and if you'd like to join one of our members only lounges you can do so by going to our website thank god i'm atheist.com slash members only Thanks so much to the Red Rock Hot Club for the use of their fine music. And thanks to Gordon Johnston for the use of his music. And thanks to all y'all for tuning in. We sure do appreciate you. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.